Welcome to the Saturday Morning Gaming Show. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 12 of the Saturday Morning Gaming Show. It is December 14th, 2019, and I am your co-host, the Fat Wizard, joined today by two other co-hosts who we have here. X-Water, right? Yeah, that's me. What's going on, guys? And we've got Jack Who. Hey, that's me. Thank you both uh, so much for joining us on your uh, very first, but hopefully um, first of many uh, Saturday morning gaming show podcasts. And today we're playing Shining Force for the Sega Genesis this was actually released in July uh, 1993 in North America. And I'll tell you what, this is probably one of my favorite RPGs, maybe even like top 10 games of all times. How do you two feel about it? It's uh, it, it's actually a game that I really loved as a kid, which is a little weird. So I'm, I'm like kind of on the, the younger side of retro gaming. And a lot of the time, like this game was out when I was a year old, like I'm a 92, but I think at some point when I was a kid, there was this like PC Genesis collection that I got like me and my friend went in on together and it had Shining Force in it. And we're like, I've never heard of this before. And we started playing in and that was my first ever tactical RPG. And as a kid, I remember loving it and I didn't remember the details of it like all that well. So going back in and, and revisiting it for the show has actually been super fun and, and really cool. So I liked it a lot. Yeah, as a kid, I would rent this or Shining Force 2 a lot. Didn't really understand a lot because I, <laughs> I hated reading in video games back in the day. <laughs> okay. It's like, oh, if there's Who reading. didn't as a kid? Like, how often did you just skip through all the oh, text in a game? So much. And I'm, turns out they explain how things work uh, <laughs> with that. Yeah. So I was confused, but like. It's not just reading in the game, but there was also manuals you had to read. Right. Did you skip yeah. those as well? Yeah, yeah, no, well, because I rented, so the, it didn't come with those. Oh, right. <laughs> okay. That's what was tough for me even replaying. Like, when I was going in, uh, I, I Googled up the manual because I was like, all right, well, I've got a sword and an axe, and Luke can use either of those, but what are the stats, you know? <laughs> you got to equip them yeah. to find out. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. I'm picking up, like, all these herbs, and it's like, okay, well, there's no description, so I got to go figure this out somehow. Yeah. Some of them make sense. Medical herb probably heals, but probably like angel yeah. wing. Like, what does angel wing do? Exactly. Let's uh, chat a little bit about how this game works. It is a tactical RPG, so it's very, very different than most of the RPGs that were coming out traditionally, like JRPGs. You're thinking things like Final Fantasy or Dragon Quest or Dragon Warrior, but this is very different in that you still roam around and you talk to villagers. And but all the battles are a top down view. And uh, if you've played Fire Emblem or things like um, Wargroove, very similar where you position one unit at a time and you can move and then you can attack. Mm -hmm. Right. And then uh, you, the AI can also move and attack and you get one. Each character can do one thing and then it kind of resets to the round and everyone gets to do another start there. Which was, you know, for me, was a, was a mind-blowing change to how RPGs worked. And I really liked that because I liked playing chess and checkers as a child. And so mm -hmm. this is almost a natural progression from that strategic, uh, you know, gameplay. Now, how did you guys feel about um, this change 
uh, to kind of a top-down view. Do you do you like the change? Or I, I love the strategy RPG genre in general. When I was younger, I remember playing through a couple of like the standard turn-based RPGs, and for whatever reason, like they just didn't really grasp me. So I remember kind of like dismissing the genre a little bit at first, and then eventually I stumbled into um, an action JRPG. It was one of the Tales of games. Tales of uh, Fantasia was the one on the Super Nintendo. And it was so interesting to have an RPG that has a battle element that's not selecting a move and attacking and then waiting for the enemy and then doing the same. So that kind of like started opening my mind up a little more like, oh, RPGs can be more than just like you you hit, they hit, you hit, they hit, you hit, they hit, you know? And so Shining Force's approach and the rest of the tactical RPG genre of like, you know, like you were saying, a more chess-like battlefield, it's... To this day, I think my favorite RPG genre, because I just love so much. I love going in and looking at the stats of the enemies and saying, like, huh, where do I position my my warriors so that my archer can best strike next turn? All that kind of stuff. Like, there's so many levels of thought that can go into it. And it really does make you feel like a master tactician, which is just <laughs> so fun. Especially when you kind of just roll up on an enemy and you take no damage you and you you manage to route the entire force and you just oh, yeah. feel like that superstar, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, X-Water took a lot of the words out of my mouth, but like just the, the fact that you can move your character around on that map and you can kind of plan your moves a lot more and use them for your advantage because like like you said, your archer, you they can hit a few spots away. And so they're a safe distance, whereas other players have to get up close. And so they're going to get attacked next round if you don't take them out. And so you can do a lot of cool stuff where, like, hey, this character can't cross the water, um, but you, you can shoot from there. And what are they going to do? Nothing. They're just going to take <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, do nothing. So let's dig into a little bit about what we're actually seeing. So the game starts, and you're in the kingdom of Gardenia, and it's in the land of Rune. And you start off with uh, this character named Max, uh, that's his, his canonical name, but they actually want you to change the name to, mm -hmm. to enter in your save file. And he, he kind of looks like an 80s action star. You know, he's got big, uh, poofy hair and then a, a headband and then a cape. But he's your first character, and he's the only character that you have to keep in your party. And what's really cool about these tactical RPGs is they give you a ton of characters. So if you think of a, about a traditional JRPG, you might get like six characters throughout the the game and you maybe you can only have like three of them in your party at any time so you have to swap off but in this game it's like almost every 30 40 minutes you're picking up a new character to the point where you have to just start like you you probably have like 25 different possible characters and i think you can only have like 12 of them in your party at any time what we just saw was uh we picked up a couple characters out of the bat mm -hmm. right off the bat we have low or lao and he's your healer and then you have May, which is sort of this uh, knight that attacks with a polearm. And then you have Ken, which is the same thing. Um, and then you have... Sorry, Ken isn't introduced yet. Oh, he is. Yeah, actually, we're seeing him. And then Tao, which is Yeah, you start with your, Ken, and you get May after the first That's battle. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you have Tao, and that's your magic user. So you kind of start out with the, the holy trinity, right? You've got your, you've got your tank, you've got your DPS, and you've got your, your healer. Yeah, it's a it's a cool cast of starting characters, and it's it's funny to watch them go through because just like any of these like tactical RPGs, the one of the most important like factors when you're playing is the RNG stat growth. So what I was curious about from your guys's playthroughs is like, 
who ended up shining and who ended it up like sitting back in the base and like <laughs> yeah. after about chapter three you're like all right i gave you a chance but i'm sorry hans you're you're being benched because <laughs> for me ken ended up being a superstar yeah mm -hmm. yeah ken was definitely i've played this game so many times that i specifically wanted to take characters that i've never played with before or usually like relegate that. to the to the bench there so uh, I'm I'm really uh, we'll we'll talk about some of the more characters later on, but I'm I am interested in comparing notes to see what our ending party ended up like. So we just did a couple battles, and what's really interesting is the the way that you lose in a battle is if your main character, aka Max, is killed. For people that are watching the video, they might have noticed that I mispositioned Max in like the third fight and immediately ate it. I'm like ah. <laughs> Yeah, that's happened to me a couple times. <laughs> it happens. It happens often, uh, at yeah. least for me. You get kind of reckless. You're like, oh, there's only one or two guys left here. Let's let's run them in there. Yeah, and they sneak up and do like 14 damage. It's like, <laughs> what is that? <laughs> or they'll do a, like a massive crit. Yeah. Do like 30 damage. But what was really interesting about this, this miscalculation, is I got teleported to this place where you, you get resurrected, and... I was introduced to a new character that I'm like, what? where did this guy come from? And his name is Gong. And yeah. he is a, he's like a, a battle monk, which is kind of interesting because, you know, traditionally healers are very bad at attacking. But mm -hmm. Gong, he doesn't, he's not as good of a healer, but he can actually hit people in the face um, pretty, pretty hard. I don't know if anyone else here had discovered Gong and decided to use him. No, I did not yeah, get him. Yeah, I... I replaced low with gong when it okay. came like to a later stage because yeah I loved I loved just the fact that he was also like he's a healer but he's not afraid to throw down that was cool <laughs> yeah. and also in that same area is this little hamster who found yogurt the hamster aka jogurt I did and I was like so confused because he just kind of showed up out of nowhere like it was in like chapter four where he's like yeah. in the back of some field and he falls down. And all of a sudden, he's a part of your party. And I'm like, what's going on here? And what do you add to the battle? <laughs> I was like, he's level one. I don't Absolutely know if he's Absolutely gonna... nothing. Yeah, right? Yeah, I did but not. But it was an hit. interesting character. Yeah, so Yogurt, a.k.a. Jogurt, is um, sort of just a joke character. He only, I think he only ever does one damage because yeah. his stats are all ones except for his movement is five. And <laughs> yeah. when, you, when you level him up past level one, you get a, a Yogurt ring. And if you equip... Uh, a character with a yogurt ring they they have the appearance of yogurt but he oh, never so he cool. actually he never levels past one like you can level him up and he just goes back to level one so he was an absolute trash character but um he's kind of fun uh actually what's kind of interesting is there's a uh, japanese shining force world book and uh again i think it was in japan it was called yogurt but when they localized it, it they changed it to yogurt anyway he, he's a helmet wearing hamster and Apparently his his kind or his race are strange creatures from the evil planet yogurt. So uh, <laughs> not not a planet I'd want to inhabit, but I could see how it could be very evil. How's a planet evil? Like is right. it inhabitants or not not to go too much on a, a, a rail here, but wasn't don't you fight like a planet in one of the Final Fantasies? Sort of, yeah. Okay, I mean, I just, I, I don't, I just don't know how a planet can be evil, but the ha inhabitants could. So I guess that makes it evil. It's just the majority of. If you have fifty percent or majority evil inhabitants, the planet officially evil. The yeah. question is, is Earth evil? 
Mm. Good <laughs> yeah. question. That's for the yeah. listeners to decide. We'll save we'll save that for the Sunday morning <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> for the Sunday morning metaphysical Philosophy. show. Yeah. <laughs> so one of the things I, I really enjoy about this um, this game is the story, and it definitely goes some places. And there's a lot of political intrigue, as much as Genesis games had that. And so we just got to Alteron. Um, so actually, to summarize this a little bit, you're kind of given a backstory about this character named Dark Soul and this this like evil presence. And there's this other person named Cain, and Cain has sort of like resurrected or is trying to resurrect this uh, this dark dragon with the help of Dark Soul, which is like the evil force, resurrect this dark dragon. As you're moving from city to city, it almost seems like Cain is like one step ahead of you. And so we just got to the city called Alteron and you go talk to the king and you're like, hey, I'm here to help. And the king's like, come with me and throws you in jail. And he's like, we don't need any of your help. I know he straight up just bamboozles you. Yeah. He does. Yeah. But I like that, you know, and, and then you find out that Cain had gotten to the king before you and the, the king's kind of like, hey, man, you got to help me out. They, they, they made me do that. And so I, I like the idea of like you're not treated like a hero despite creating this the shining force so your your team that you're creating is called the shining force it's where the game the name of the game comes from you don't go into every town just like a like a marching band ready to welcome you it's very often it's like nah, you're not really wanted here because we're being pressured by other other forces right mm-hmm. yeah and i'm not sure if you guys have seen you know we can talk about final fantasy 6 of course but I feel like this is one of the first games that had that level of of intrigue that at least i can remember as a child uh, on, on consoles. Yeah, and I, I think, like, overall, the story of this game is fairly similar to most other RPGs. There's an evil force, go destroy it sort of thing. But the the story that you don't see is the, that political side. And it was kind of a neat twist and change to that genre in a way. There's a lot to kind of see between the scenes that you might not pick up on as a kid. Uh, you just might be like, man, these people are mean to me. As an adult, you really kind of see that side of it being political and whatnot. Yeah, yeah, that's a really great point. And going back through uh, an ad- as an adult did allow me to uh, appreciate the story a little bit more. So one thing that we just saw was the end of chapter one, and I I am a, such a sucker for when games clearly denote chapters. So uh, chapter one was called Rune Faust Invasion. And it goes, when you complete a chapter, it cuts to black and it shows you end of chapter one. And then it shows you start of chapter two. And the start of chapter two is called Spirit of the Holy Spring. And by the end of the chapter, you always have an understanding of like why it was labeled that. And, mm-hmm. and I think uh, when reading books, it's the same way, like a really awesome chapter name fulfills its prophecy or legacy by the time you end, you end the chapter. Like you understand uh, why it was called that. Yeah. I, I don't know if you guys felt similar about the, the chapters uh, named, but uh, I, I love those a lot. Yeah. Yeah, I always like chapter names too. Yeah, and it, it just made sense because the when you start the game, it's the girl reading the book. And so it really yeah. it harkens back to that, showing you like this is a book that you're being read by having different chapters. You know, I didn't even put those two and two together, but yeah, that's a really good point there. <laughs> now, moving on to the story, we just entered the town of Rindo. This is the first part of the ability to get one of the most powerful characters, Domingo. And you find like this little monster. It looks like a, almost like an alien monster thing or a battle toad. And there's a scientist It's like, hey, there's a Domingo egg. You should go pick it up. And I like this because there are hidden characters that require you to do certain things. 
and they're most of the hidden characters are pretty overpowered and, and so that that was a lot of fun but in the discord i was like posting i'm not sure if anyone picked up on that but all the hidden characters that were really worth getting i kind of like posted images and with like some real cryptic hints there and so i'm not sure if anyone uh you know took a look at those and and, and found the hidden characters but who here uh picked up domingo i got I the, don't i got think i egg, got domingo but yeah i didn't get domingo. i got the egg yeah, yeah. I, I i it's like use it during battle at some point or something, I think it said. I don't remember, but yeah, a lot of a lot of stuff, a lot of the hidden stuff I didn't pick up on. I just kind of played through the game. I was on a plane for the majority of it, so like, yeah. I didn't have a chance to look anything up. And I'm like, that, that's probably the better way to go for me. I want to. Yeah, see it's what... like the 1993 way of playing the <laughs> yeah. game. Yeah. Yeah, we'll we'll see Domingo later because again, you have to you have to hatch his egg later on. We have the 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 egg, but we can't really do anything with it. Mm. Now, one of the things I wanted to chat about was uh, one of the battles uh, after Rindo. You're in this cave network, and you're introduced to cave bats. Mm-hmm. And oh god! If I see <laughs> one more unit evade, I oh. like, I, I know. <laughs> I, I, I didn't realize how bad evasion was in this game, but who here just like was fed up with like you go to attack and it's like, oh, it evaded. Yeah. Yeah. The cave bats were so annoying with that. They were all like you had like a 30 percent chance to hit those guys. Yeah. That was definitely frustrating. Um, magic, though, was the key. Yeah. yeah. Magic was definitely helpful there. I actually counted on on one this bat evaded seven out of eight physical attacks. And I was like, oh, come on. Like, yeah, I get it random, wow. but still, it feels real bad, right? Yeah. I think we are in, I'm not sure what city we're in here, but when you go to the city, this might still be Rindo, but when you go to the city, there's a circus tent that's coming up. Mm-hmm. And it's like, hey, the circus is going to be in town. And then you leave, you do a battle, and then the circus is there. And as a child, that blew my mind. I'm like, hey, the city is actually growing. Like, they're adding things to the city. That is so cool. Yeah. Ultimately, that circus becomes a pivotal part uh, in the storyline. You guys remember what um, what happens in the circus? Yeah, yeah. The circus where, um, what is it, the mayor's son is in there? Yeah. And he's like, oh, I'll, I'll help you if you... You do me a favor. If you save my kid. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You get yeah, the yeah. boat afterwards, um, which was a lot of work for the boat. It was. For, for how long you keep it. I, I, love, <laughs> I love what they do with the boat. So we're going to get to yeah. that in just a minute here. But you go into the circus. And again, I love the enemies in this game because there's these dire clowns and these mannequins. Mm-hmm. And they're kind of like husks that are laid out on the ground. But they hit really, really hard. They do. The end boss is called a marionette. Like, this is really cool. Yeah. I think this was the first battle that was kind of, like, ramped up in difficulty. Oh, yeah, for sure. With, with, with those. The marionette will, will, will use the magic. So there's, there's sort of two ways that you can use magic, uh, hostile magic. You can use single target, which is usually real low level. Mm-hmm. And then you can do more of an area targeting, which it looks like a plus icon. So you can yep. basically hit five targets and a lot of the bosses will use that multi-targeted magic thing so you have to be very careful that you don't position (laughs) your unit in like a plus sign because you're like oh now you're eating five um, sources of damage yep yeah yeah and especially with your main unit okay so i gotta ask while we're still kind of early on but did did either of you guys have like this experience where because this is what i did as a child where the first time i played it i learned very quickly that when your main unit dies, your main character, you lose the battle. But any other unit, you just pay a meager, like, 
level cost times 10 fee to heal them. And I don't know about you guys, but gold, never an issue. Never an issue. When I was a child, my strategy was to take Max, shove him to the back of the battlefield. (laughs) You're not fighting. I'm not losing this battle. I'll just revive whoever else. You know, and I just let him sit there at like level three for the (laughs) entire game as a kid, which later on becomes a bit of an issue. That is a strategy to start with. One of the things I really enjoy about this game is this, it's not difficult. Like you said, you can kind of just like, all right, front line all your units and yeah. save everything for the back. But what I really enjoy about this game is trying to min-max the characters because to level up a character from, from like one to two, actually from any level, it's 100 XP. When you kill a unit, assuming that it's within the level range and all that, you get 49 XP. But if you just do damage to the unit, you'll get like 12 XP. Mm-hmm. So yeah. a lot of times what you want to do is you want to get a unit to like two hit points and then let one of your weaker guys just kind of clean up and get all that XP. Yeah. And so, so much of the game for me was more about like, all right, well, this is my strong unit and I could kill this one, but I'm going to make him go forward and it's kind of weaken up the other guys. I don't know if you guys did anything similar. Oh yeah, always. It's a like it's a game of like winning the battle, but once you know you're winning the battle, you're like, okay, how do I optimize who's getting levels right here? Who do I want to see yep. flourish? Yeah, and Max does become very powerful if you if you kind of harvest him and let him level up, but it is dangerous to move him into battle because yeah. Yeah, if he dies, you're it's it's back to the beginning. Definitely played more aggressively with him this time through. Yeah. I, I kind of didn't re- I didn't do too much planning with the the leveling, I kind of just was like, okay, let's move to the end. Let's kill as many people as we can, kill them all, uh, sort of thing with whoever. For me, I didn't know how much free time I was going to have. And I'm like, I want to beat this. I want to get through it. So, uh, you know, I kind of powered through some of those battles. And let's just say at the end of my game, a lot of characters probably were a lot more underpowered than they should have been. <laughs> you had like four just god tier units, and the rest were like, I'm here. Yeah. Hi. Yeah. I wanted to go a little bit back to gold because Xwater, you mentioned about having lots of gold. So gold serves a couple purposes in this game. One, to resurrect the units, but that's more of a pittance. Mm-hmm. Uh, what gold is more useful for is buying the occasional weapon upgrade. Mm-hmm. There's also an item store that will sell you some healing herbs and stuff like that. But for the most part, I didn't. I don't think I actually used any healing herbs ever. I just kind of like squirreled them away and like, yeah, whatever. Very rare, yeah. Yeah, it was, it was very rare to have them and like... I bought them at the first town because I'm like, oh, might as well have some. But same, it was very much like, yeah, I don't really need these. You know what it is for me, too, is like is the inventory management is a little bit tedious. Mm-hmm. So I was like, you know what? It's bad. Yeah. I'm just going to let my healers do their job. And, you know, it, it makes them feel useful. It keeps their morale up. That was like my headcanon for why I wasn't using healing herbs. Yeah, that the inventory <laughs> management and just the way you interact with things, not the best. And I was trying to think of why. And the only thing I could think of is, like, maybe this game started as a Sega Master System game where they only had A and B, but it came out in, what, 93? Yep. Nine, uh, well, North America, 93. Oh, true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it was the year so before for Japan. Japan. I wonder if it started as a Sega Master System game with only two buttons, and that's why mm, we have what we have. Yeah, because that's, that's a good point, because there's, like, a very high level of difficulty when it come, when it came to, like, navigating menus and stats like one thing that i love doing is like going through and seeing like okay what's this guy's like strength compared to this guy which you can totally still do but it's definitely like there's a lot of menuing to get through all of that so i didn't check in on them super often maybe like once a chapter i'd be like all right so like what's 
Ken's strength compared to Luke's and who's faster. And and that's really useful when you start getting more characters than your party can allow. Mm -hmm. Then you're like, all right, well, which, which character is better? Is Ken better or is May better just on the raw stats? And yeah. you know, trying to filter through that, all that. So we actually just completed chapter two and we're on now chapter three called the secret weapon of Rune Foss. The secret weapon... <laughs> Uh, we haven't got to yet, but it's, it's actually really cool. It is super cool. Yeah. We're in, uh, I think, Bestoke is where it is. And this is where you meet character named Kokichi. Who got who got Kokichi? Yeah. Is that the, like, flying yep. gyrocopter guy? Yeah. Yeah, you know what? I didn't end up getting him. So what you have to do is you have to talk to him in the in the city here and watch him fly. And his flying works a little bit. But then he ends up crashing, and oh. and then and then he comes back later. So this is again kind of a multi sequence thing where yeah. you have to explore the game kind of thoroughly. Yeah, I think I talked to him, but I didn't tinker with his machine, and I think oh, that's probably okay. the part I missed. Yeah, yeah, and and so what you do is uh, you do a battle here again in the video. We kind of skip through most of the battles and just show kind of the highlights because a lot of the battles play out the same. You're just grinding out XP. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, so we're in the city, and this character named Zylo has been... Well, he's a werewolf, but I think he's also like... I, I don't remember. He's got some sort of ailment, which is making him very aggressive towards people. And you can get this Lunar Dew item. Uh, actually, you get a Moonstone, which you can give to an alchemist. Mm -hmm. And he creates this this dew. Yeah. And you can pour it down his mouth. And Heat joins your party, and Zylo is an absolute beast. Zylo is a be literally, <laughs> quite yeah, literally, he's, yeah. He's so good. No, he was immediately the best. Like, as soon as you get him, it's like, if you're not using Zylo, you're crazy. Because not only is he, like, super powerful and fast, but he can also move through rough terrain with relative ease. Mm -hmm. Yes, yeah, he is. He and his stats grow astronomically. Oh, my Lord, I know. They were wild. This is one of those where... When I said I wanted to have new characters, there were still people I just could not pass up. And right. uh, yeah, D Domingo was one of them. Zylo was like he's a he's a shoe in for like best character there. Yeah, Zylo's awesome. He's this, he's like he's this really cool dude. He's just this werewolf, and got this kind of white hair and like super muscly. By the way, we haven't talked about how the battle plays out. When you move your characters around and they attack, it cuts to this battle scene, and it shows both units. And they do a uh, an attack, and his attack, he jumps up in the air and punches the enemy. It's so cool. Yeah, he does like an aerial sweep. Yeah. Now uh, we just went to the battle. It has the secret weapon of Rune Foss. What it, what are we looking at here, folks? <laughs> that was that was dangerous right there. Pretty sure that's the large hedron collider. <laughs> <laughs> it's like this really massive laser beam. Yeah. And what it does, actually, this battle is is one of the more unique battles. Most of the battles you fight are just like kill all the units. Mm. But this one is this big laser and it counts down every time it has its turn. It counts down. So it says like 10, 9, 8 and then 7, 6, 5. And when it hits zero, it says fire and anything within four. Uh, so it does like the straight line, like yep. four yeah. hexes wide and will just annihilate anything doing like 20 points of damage to anything regardless if it's an enemy or a friend and so you, you want to as much as possible position yourself away from that straight line but the battle is sort of set up so you have to run down the straight you line. have to like so run really straight cool. through did you guys so like 
starting the battle, you it takes you probably like two turns worth to get close to that straight line. Mm -hmm. yeah. Did you guys like play it out and wait? for the first laser fire to dodge it or did you just like run head first <laughs> right in i had some people take some damage on that for sure <laughs> i, I like that it did attack enemies too that was nice i also rushed in because i wasn't entirely sure how it was going to play out yeah i i failed the first time through mm -hmm. uh, I, I think i just got overconfident in, in my character max he ate it yeah it's a little weird because it says so the way it counts down you would think that when it says one, so it's counting down from yeah. 10, and when you think when right. it says one, it would fire, but actually what it does is his turn says three, two, one, and then his next turn says fire. So you actually have a little bit extra time than you'd think to, to dodge. And I was playing yeah. a little more conservatively. I was like, I was hiding everyone at like four. Oh, we got to talk about this right here, where the character placements in the towns and stuff, when they walk away from you behind like counters and stuff, or just stand in your way for an unreasonable amount of time. My goodness, that was so frustrating. <laughs> it was, especially because, yeah, often there'd be narrow hallways. Yeah. And yeah. And you'd go in to get something, and then someone would come in and block your exit. And yeah. You're just like, oh, okay, I want to get out of here now. So I played it on the Switch with the Genesis collection, and they have that speed-up feature uh, yep. as well as the rewind. And I got to say, that speed-up feature came in handy for a lot of those situations. You're sitting there, and you're like, this guy is in my way, and he won't move. You just hold that R button down, and he's gone in a second. I have to admit to using the rewind on occasion. Sometimes in battles, I would do like a, a magic attack to heal. But I'd heal the wrong person because, like, oh, no. I'm pressing like right, thinking it's going to go right, but it starts on the top, you know? Right, yeah, because it gives you like a directional yeah. diamond, and you think left is going to go left, yeah, let me and just up, up, down, down. And then, but instead, it's like a list, and it's like right goes to the next one, yeah. and there's no way to know which is next and which is. Yeah, and I was going a little too fast, and I'd be like, yeah, right, a. Oh no, I'm like, no, I, I can't, I can't, I can't not do that. I got to rewind that. Yeah. That happened to me as a kid so often, I remember, is I'd be like, no, I didn't want to do that. Why did I do this? I just want to keep playing, but I don't want to wait. That's so probably long. the most commonly said thing during a strategy RPG. No, I didn't want to do that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so this guy right here. Uh, El Elliot, right? Elliot, Elliot yeah. yeah. I love Elliot. I thought yeah. he was one of the coolest characters in the game because he's, he's like, you meet him and he's straight up from the get go. He's like, I know whatever's going on here. Like, I know I'm on the bad side of things, but here's my here's my shtick. Mm -hmm. I am all about loyalty, and yep. I serve this this king or this this guy. And listen, we're gonna meet on the battlefield, and no, you know, no hard feelings. But I'm not gonna betray my king. So even if he's like being weird, so we're fighting. And yeah, that's cool. Yeah, so he's he's a cool guy to like to to begin with. Also, like a cool dragon warrior, which is super cool. Yep. And then at the, on top of all of that, he ends up being this like really, I'd say like the first boss in the game that's really intimidating. Like the marionette had like I don't know thirty four health or something, had strong magic, and that was spooky. But you roll up to this guy and he's like eighty HP, and you're just like, what? <laughs> he's got a ton of hit points there. Yeah, yeah, and so uh, Elliot, you meet him in the traveling city of. How I think such an another cool concept. Every like yeah. chapter has a cool like a cool concept city. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and then you do that battle out on the battlegrounds. You kill Elliot, and then it's like, oh, the cities comes back. Actually, so what happens is you're in the city, and then they take off and go somewhere, and then you do your battle, and the city comes back. And when the city comes back, 
that's when you meet a character that says, hey, uh, I've got a thing that can uh, warm eggs. I see you have an egg. Why don't you let uh. me warm it for you? And so it incubates, and you get Domingo, and Domingo is absolute cheating. So let me set the stage for Domingo, Like a little right? squid monster. Yeah, absolutely. It's this, It's got this like white little bag over its head, and you just see blue tentacles, and it's got two little eyes. It's, it's super cute. Domingo is a magic user that he mostly just uses frost, but he can fly, and his defense is ridiculous. And enemies tend to prioritize him. He's like, um, I think uh, the only person they prioritize in battle more is Max. So you can kind of use him to like flush enemies, like get enemies to come to you, and they'll all do like one point of damage to Domingo. And then you can just fly over some mountains and, and kill him. He was absolutely phenomenal. And I feel bad for using him, but he's, he's so fun. <laughs> Hey, no shame, man. Yeah. When you know when you know the strats. So there was another character I can't remember their name that I found uh, around this part of the game where when the town moves and you go through the battle with um, Elliot, you can actually go back to the old location where the old town was. And in that open field, there's like another centaur guy just chilling. He's like, "Hey, want me to join you?" And I oh, thought that was kind of yeah. funny that you get rewarded for like revisiting the old site of the town if you for whatever reason decide to do that that was like one of the cool things about this game was that like so many nooks and crannies hid these like cool unlockables and like little easter eggs where it's not really like the level of detail i would expect out of you know out of a game that's like so so old you yeah. know yeah i absolutely love that and that's one thing that i feel fire emblem has has always missed is that opportunity for just discovery and freeform exploration yeah, um, because if folks know about Fire Emblem, they almost shuttle you from battle to battle. It's like, here's your battle and then you have your your social links or whatever you want to call it. And then you go to the next battle. Whereas, uh, again, this one is more traditional JRPG where you have your battle and then you can just walk around town, talk to people, buy stuff, sell stuff and all that stuff. And that's where you, you can kind of discover all these little nooks and crannies. That, exactly. Um, Xwater's talking about. Yeah, it's a really nice element. I definitely say that's a strength that Shining Force has over other tactical RPGs is the fact that it does maintain outside of like the combat, it does maintain an actual like JRPG structure of like, you know, talking to villagers, exploring towns where any unlockable characters in like a traditional Fire Emblem game you go through and you're like, well, that guy has is the only unit with different hair and said something about one of my characters. I'll make them talk. And then, bam, they're on my side. Mm -hmm. And most of the characters that join, not everyone, but most of the characters that will join you have portraits. So if yeah. you talk to a character and it has a portrait, you're like, oh, there's probably a way to recruit this character. Yeah. yeah, you see a custom sprite, you're like, you're either fighting me or joining me. Yeah, or you're the king. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or you're the king. <laughs> now, we just rolled up to the uh, the next city here. So, by the way, we completed Chapter 4 called The Great Fortress of Balbazek. And now we're in Chapter 5 gateway to hidden shrine so at this point of the game i gotta ask did either of you continue using any of the either of the bird people at this point no no, no. those those they, I they really so wanted little to, damage but yeah there's they traverse the terrain but they just can't hold their own in battle they die so quick they don't do any damage it was a shame yeah i, so I, I thought too. they were really cool in design yeah i liked that but i too was like i can't use you guys um i really like this king though because he's like there's no rule that says i can't <laughs> own a shop by being a king yeah you walk up to, you walk up to the shop and it's completely empty and then all of a sudden the king just comes out and he's like hey how you doing and there's actually there's two shops and he, he has both of those yeah. and then 
he'll run away and then go back to his throne and you can talk to him. So he's kind of running the the whole city yeah. here. Yeah. The commerce of the city, which I really enjoy. And again, lots of real tongue-in-cheek writing in this game. Yeah. It's, it's very enjoyable and it kind of makes me crack a smile as I as I walk through. Although there are some kind of real serious heady tones there. You know, you've got this uh-huh. kind of dark evil, light versus evil. So that's not tongue-in-cheek, but a lot of the characters are kind of like almost self-aware, right? Mm-hmm. So we are, are in the city of Warrell, our ship that we, we finally got a ship and it got attacked and, and the ship got broken. And so we're now, we're at the city of Warrell, which is sort of a, uh, it's, they have like mermaids and stuff. And they're like, hey, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll go ahead and fix up your ship. But there's a priest of ours, which is missing. So why don't you go try to find the priest? And um, then when you find the priest, we'll fix up your ship. Doesn't the king say something about the bill too? Like just, just tell people about us or something. Yeah, yeah. Because I think he wants you. Once he fix up the ship, he's like, "Great, that'll be a hundred thousand gold or like a million gold pieces." And then, <laughs> and you're like, uh, "Okay." And he's like, "Ah, just kidding. Just let people know about us." This this is the first time an influencer was given you know, something for free and this set the stage <laughs> <laughs> really just, yeah, it was all set downhill the from there. For it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think Max did hashtag ad when he went to those towns. <laughs> <laughs> Sponsored by Naro. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's, that's a good point there. So I actually wanted to talk a little bit about some interesting things that were, uh, were mistranslated or changed from the, from the Japanese version. Cause we have a little bit of a downtime here. I think this is a good spot. Yeah, sure. So, What's really interesting is that the Japanese version of this game, Max had amnesia and was found washed up by the beach by Lo or Lao um, and became best friends there. And that was actually scrubbed from the English version or the North American version. Uh, and then also we find out that Max is the brother of Lord Kane, which I think we get some sort of uh, we haven't really interacted with Kane yet too much in the game. I always do feel like there's sort of this brotherly connection when they talk i don't know if you folks kind of also notice that that they seem to be sort of like they like know each other but in any case the other thing is uh, i actually kind of found that was funny was so you were talking a a while ago about luke right x water yeah so luke was actually a mistranslation his his original name was lug which then when they had another character named Luke in future Shining Forces caused a little bit of confusion on like, wait, which one is the real Luke here? So there's a lot of differences. And this is why I really love digging into the retro, the games here, because there were weird things that happened and it never really made sense, but they made for these really interesting, you know, factoids about, about your favorite games here. Yeah. The the washing up on the shore, um, I don't want to, you know, talk about the ending, but like that makes more sense a little bit, I feel like. At the end, yeah. With that. Yeah, absolutely. That's a great point. Yeah, yeah. like I think that really ties it together. Return to where you started. Yeah, exactly. So it's kind of it's kind of interesting that that didn't make it over to the, the US version and now I kind of feel cheated. Thanks. It's weird when those things like cuz there's no like reason for that not to make it over. You know, I like off the top of my head it's like why would that get scrubbed from from this version of it? Yeah. Well, in any case, let's move on to the next uh, chapter. We're on chapter six, Kid The Descendant Town. of the Sacred Dragon. And we uh, arrived at the city of Rudo, which is like run by children. It's yeah. a little weird. All the kids are like, <laughs> hey, we're, we're building the infrastructure in this town. We don't need Some Peter parents. Pan stuff going on here. Yeah. And then you're placed in, when you get into this next battle, you're placed in another one of these mountain maps, which. Oh, it's terrible. Oh, my. 
I gotta say, out of all all of the 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 combat decisions for like creating maps, really got tired of the mountain maps with like the all right, all of your units can move two squares each turn. Yeah, yeah, except for some units, you know, like except Zylo. for some. Yeah, Zylo, who again MVP of everything. Yeah. I always felt like, oh, I got to hang Xylo back because if I let him just like just be the, you know, Rambo this up over here and just go kill everything, he's just going to become this this yeah. this yeah. overpowered guy that And it's like that experience management again that we were talking about. Did you guys tend to defeat all the enemies or did you kind of go for the goal at the end of the maps? I usually went for all the enemies. Yeah. Yeah, I did yeah. too. And it's also not always clear what the goal is. Sure. Sometimes you kill mm-hmm. You'll kill like uh, an enemy that's like called Master Mage, and I guess that's like the boss, if you will, of that encounter. And then all yeah. the other enemies will die. You're like, wait, wait, th- yeah. there's still like 150 XP points I can get here. I didn't want to waste those. We just we just got the dragon character. Um, yeah, blue. Yeah. Now I I kept him for a little bit, probably longer than I should have. <laughs> <laughs> How long did you guys keep him? Blue's a baby. I got rid of him kind of right away. Yeah. I just I liked him, but. A lot of the flying types, it's just it's too easy to get rid of them because they do so little damage and they, they just yeah. get completely clobbered. I think when you promote blue, he will become more powerful if you invest resources into him. But at this point, we're kind of uh, like free force through the game. Yeah. It's like we don't really want to... You don't really have time to babysit. Yeah. 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 It's like the whole idea behind catching a Dragonair or a Dratini in Pokemon. Like, sure, you can get it to level 55 and make it a strong Dragonite, but is it worth the time? Look at this guy knowing all the Pokemon levels. <laughs> I do know, I, I did look this up because I was interested in promoting um, and whatnot. And, like, you can promote after level 10, but it's recommended to wait till, like, level 20 for level the best 20. stats. I did that for all my characters. Yeah, that's insane because you got to wait so much longer. Yeah, but they become so much more powerful. Yeah, yeah. I was always kind of like, that's that was always kind of ingrained in me from playing so much Fire Emblem games where typically mm-hmm. you want to hold off for as long as possible to you know gain the most stats while you're still your first class. And I think you mentioned it, uh, Wiz, but. In this game, you you can level up beyond level twenty when you do promote. Is that true? Yep. Yeah. I feel like every time I I play the game, I have to relearn that because I forget. But yeah, the the stat growth slows down considerably. But I believe the max level is actually ninety nine. So you yeah, can actually go quite a while. That's a lot. Yeah. So like, there's no punishment to promoting early, like in a in a sense of capping out on level because you're not gonna hit level ninety nine. Yeah. It's just you won't gain as fast. When you lose battles, you actually keep all the XP and all the gold and stuff like that. Also, I've seen people play really hard, like. So like other RPGs, there's the single character run where you can say, yeah. I'm just going to do max. And a lot of that is just grinding him out. And so what you'll do is you'll go to a battle and kill like all the units. And then you'll cast Max has a spell called Egress, which will teleport you back and reset the fight. So a lot of people will just they'll, they'll kill everything except for one unit and then Egress and then start the fight and really grind yeah. out those levels. Yeah, that'd be that'd be some tedious work right there. <laughs> 
Speaking of tedious work here, we are on another level, which has a very large surface area and tons of mountains and woods. Yeah. Is this the one where like it's like a C shape, essentially, I think? Yes. Like you go to the right, down, and then back left? Yeah. All the while going over top of mountains and forests and yeah, yeah. Yeah, that one was a little like, oh, come on. Why'd you make it so big? Like I like that the world's (laughs) big, but like... (laughs) within reason guys often they'll take like 45 minutes and sometimes you get impatient and then again you you make a stupid move yeah you make that one main character dies and you're like no another 45 minutes yeah which is where that genesis collection rewind really comes (laughs) in handy (laughs) i started a few battles back i noticed that there was treasure chests in the during the battles like there was yeah. the first cave I think had them, and so like I always made it right. uh, a thing to open all the chests because I'm like I don't know if we're gonna ever be able to have walk time around. To come back. And I know mm-hmm. at some point there is a weapon, and I don't think we reached it just yet. But there's a weapon that you can only get in a battle. Yes, I think it is that a lance if I remember. I right. think it is. Yeah, I remember there was a heat axe I got in a yes. battle at one point, but I got that from killing a dude yes. and not from a, a chest. lizard man. Yeah, yeah, and and some of those weapons that we talk about. You can't actually use until you promote your mm-hmm. your units. Yeah. And this this fight that we just fought, so it's the end of chapter six, and you fight, I think her name is Michelle or something like that. Yeah, the witch lady. For me, most of my characters are around like 16 to 18. And this was actually a hard wall for me. They were expecting me to do a lot more damage than I could. And this character will essentially one-shot any of your character. She does yeah. so much damage. So mm-hmm. you, you want to just burn her down as quickly as possible. But my so she's got like 70 hit points. My characters were doing like six or seven points oh, of boy. damage, which is fine. The problem is all the bosses in this game heal. In between, yeah. In between rounds. So you'll do maybe you know 20 points of damage, and she'll heal 15. Yep. And, and then she's killing one of your characters. And so it's just this real battle. And eventually, I, I think I did that battle like five times until I was finally, characters are strong enough, yeah, yeah, to promote them. And then I was like, all right, cool. Then I can kill her. Um, I want to talk about the getting the weapons in, in fights. Like there was like some things where you kill Lizard and you get that axe. But if, you're, if your character had max inventory filled out already, you wouldn't get it. You wouldn't even get a warning, I believe. And so that was one of the frustrating things about this game again with the inventory. But it isn't gone forever. Yeah, it's lost forever. You know that? And you had no, no idea. It's, not, it's actually not. It's not gone forever. Oh. Oh, it's not. Yeah. Oh, so okay. here's the weird thing. It they don't again, there's a lot of things they don't explain in this game. And so I don't know if you ever went to the shop. So when you go to the shop, there's <gasps> a couple the things. Deal you can, section. Yes. You can buy, you can sell, and there's like specials. And if you oh, go, if you, you know, okay. unless you have that situation, you're like, oh, what sort of specials do you have for sale? And they never have specials. So I, yeah. think never. After a while, I you, thought it was you like, stop I was like, why is this even here? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. I didn't realize that. <laughs> so That's I wanted so to point funny. out another area. Uh, we are in prompt. And there's this area where there's a, a poster on a wall that you should be able to read. But you, when you read it, it's like nothing's here. After you get imprisoned in prompt and then you are broken free, you can go back to that letter and read the letter on the wall. Anyone do this? I did, yeah. All right. Not did you do me. it because you knew about it or did you just happen to stumble upon I it? I just happened to stumble upon it. I saw the, the note on the wall. I'm like, what's this? Let me search. Yeah. And boom. Well, again, that, that note, you can't, when you search it initially, nothing happens, but you have to do it after you break yeah, it. Yeah. Luckily, I, I missed it the first time around. Oh, Which is nice. why that worked for me, because otherwise I, <laughs> I wouldn't have been like, oh, let me check it again. 
Yeah. This is another one I I posted a clever little hint on Discord. I'm curious if anyone spotted it. Yeah, I, I saw that. You afterwards. get the samurai Musashi. Musashi. Him and Zylo could probably just take out the entire army here because he's he's sort of slow moving, so you can give him a mm-hmm. you can give him a, a mobility ring to give him a little extra movement. And he's got this katana that shoots out this blue spark thing. And this thing does so much damage. I just did yeah. 35 points of damage to an ice worm, which killed him in one hit. He is so strong. He's got like 70 hit points and tons of defense. So he's sort of just the real busted unit in the game. Yeah, he was definitely useful, but he was a little slow uh, moving. So like by the time I got him somewhere, Ken had already taken out half the people. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> We're now going up to the tower. We're we passed prompt and we're in the ancient tower and we met two characters. Again, we're still getting characters this late. You get mm-hmm. Aleph and Tarasu. Uh Aleph, I think he's like a little thief, a cat thief, and Tarasu is a, a priest or a bishop. I actually didn't switch off to him, but his did anyone switch off to Tarasu? No, I think at this point I had my party pretty yeah, happy. I think that's the point. Yeah, most people probably uh, do that. One of the really great things about this healer, though, it has this spell called Aura, and Aura actually heals things in... It'll heal, like, up to, like, 10 or 12 things. It's a very, very large area, so you can just kind of collect your whole party and cast Aura on everyone and just, like, all right, cool, everyone's healed up now. Yeah, that is useful. Uh, so he, he's, he's very, very powerful. Now, earlier we got this Sword of Light, which is a really awesome-looking sword. It's like this, you know... Uh, this sword that glows white and then we just got the sword of darkness and the sword glows black and the king in uh, prompt tells us we need to go back to I believe the shining path is actually the thing that we can forge what we've been told is the ultimate weapon called the chaos breaker which is the combination of light and darkness. So cool. I I don't know. I'm kind of a sucker for like this real cheesy light and dark coming together to form the you know, it's like transformers of weapons, right? Yeah, yeah, it is pretty awesome. Yeah, this is this is really cool. And then you get the best sword, man. It's crazy. Yeah, and before I think, bef- no, you you do forge chaos breaker, and then you go into things are starting to get more uh, more like technology here, and you meet Adam, which is this robot. Mm-hmm. Did anyone ke- try out Adam at all? No, I no. I like robots, but like I said, like I was already done with my party, and I was like, this is near the end. Let's just. Let's not waste any time. Let's let's get this done with. Oh, sorry. Actually, it looks like you forged the Chaos Breaker after you you do that battle. But yeah, Adam's not super great. I think once you level him up long enough, he can become powerful. But he comes out he comes out of the uh, start just like punching people for one damage. You're oh, like, get out of here, man! Yeah. <laughs> I don't have time yeah. for this. <laughs> yeah. You put the Sword of the Light on one pedestal, Sword of the Dark on the other pedestal, and you get the Chaos Breaker. Did you guys know that you could use items in battle? Use weapons in battle? I didn't know you could use weapons in battle. That's amazing. Yeah. Did anyone try to go get, get the light sword again? Oh, I didn't. No, I tried, can't. Can't, <laughs> but I tried. <laughs> yeah, you can. So you take the Chaos Breaker. It's like, all right, now I'll take these back. Yeah, because they were still there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Chaos Breaker. Uh, so they don't do a good job of telling you you can do these things. There are some weapons, like the Heat Axe, for instance, you mentioned. That allows you to cast, I believe, Blaze. Mm. Oh, that's cool. A lot of weapons, what will happen is when you use a weapon, they have a certain amount of charges. And as you use it, before it breaks, you'll get one message. It'll be like, oh, Max uses the fire axe, but cracks start to appear. 
Yeah. And that's when you can use the fourth option for the weapon keeper, which was repair. I don't know if you guys saw what. Uh, yeah, I saw repair, but I'm like, none of my weapons broke. And when my characters died, nothing happens. Yeah, I wasn't sure when that came into effect. This all makes so much more sense now. I know, right? It's, it's so many little details that are fun to play around with. Yeah. Here's the very last character here, Hanzo. Hiding in the flower bush. Yeah, as you go into Runefoss, the very last city, you meet Hanzo. He's in the bush, and he's got like a little flower there. Again, I posted that on the Discord. I'm curious if anyone picked that you, up. Yeah, you did. And, and right now in the video, I'm just kind of going through the tavern. Mm -hmm. um, this is the place where you drop off characters and, and put new characters in your party. But they all kind of hang out in this little bar slash tavern. Yeah. You can go see your, your shining force. I love that. That's so cool. Yeah, I really it's, like it's that cool as a kid. It's cool to see all them all. Yeah, and you can even talk to them all and get like yep. a little bit of... Like you definitely don't get a huge dive into like their their character or personality or anything like that. But you get like a little bit of info about them, like can dive a little deeper, which is always fun, you know? Yeah, it, it was just fun to see that area get built out throughout the game because it was very empty at first. And now, now they're all hanging out in a tavern and stuff. And it's just, it was really cool. And as a kid, that was like, wow, look at all these characters. Mm -hmm. And I think when you're talking about building up the Shining Force, I just, I don't know, that's a really cool name. It's evocative of just like real. I do have to admit though, I feel like, we 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 included so many people into the Shining Force. There was like almost no rules on who could join. People were just like, "Hey, I want to join you," and we're like, "Okay." <laughs> right. It seemed like there was a very low bar. Yeah. They were just like, "Hey, you want uh, you want another what's it called? Another horseman?" Yeah. I sure. literally do we one got damage. Five already. Can can I join? <laughs> I'm useless to you. <laughs> and, and yeah, yeah, sure. Why not? For people watching the video, keep your eye on Gong because uh, I I promoted Gong. And again, he's this monk, and he just take pretty much takes his shirt off, and he's this hulking bodybuilder guy, but he looks like he has sunglasses on. So he's, <laughs> this, he's kind of in the lower left of the video there. I just love the look. It, it, he doesn't actually have sunglasses, but it just really looks like uh -huh. he has sunglasses. Yeah, Gong was really cool. I liked him a lot. Now, we just uh, I just showed off an attack with Hanzo. Hanzo does the same type of attack as, as Zylo, where he jumps up in the air, but instead of punching him, he has this uh, sword that he strikes through. And so Hanzo is a pretty cool unit. He's got a couple spells. Actually, let's talk about spells that are useful and spells that are not so useful. So any spell that actually deals damage, like um, Blaze or Frost or Lightning, I think they call it Zap, actually, those are all useful because they'll actually do damage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and of course you have your healing spells, but you also get some other spells like muddle, slow, yep, sleep, diesel, yeah, and those hardly ever work. And yeah. when they do work, it's not really apparent what they're actually doing. So that's sort of unfortunate because a lot of the cool, like oh cool, I got a new spell and it's completely worthless, so I'll never use it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but one of the spells that Hanzo has is Desoul. Actually, Domingo gets this also, I believe. And D-Soul will, will instant kill units if it works, but it hardly ever works. So it's uh -huh. Can we talk about how we weren't able to heal the undead enemies and kill them? Yes! I, actually, even worse, I was, I was commenting in that Discord that we had dark priests that were literally casting heal on skeletons. Yeah. I'm like, oh, come on, does yeah. no one here yeah. know about... You know, and I get it, a dark priest casting heal. Maybe it's not actually heal. But it's like a dark heal. Right. Yeah. But yeah, that was just like, ah, oh, my lord. I am a, <laughs> I, I am I am a stickler for that sort of canonical fantasy lore. I get very angry when people mess with yeah. me. Yeah. 
yeah, it's just it's generally recognized. We're actually entering the end game here. We've got Chaos Breaker, and they tell you go out to the the westmost point, and you use the Chaos Breaker, and the Castle of the Ancients is summoned forth from the water, which again, super cool. Yeah, that took me a moment because I'm like, what do I have to do? And then like it became apparent. I'm like, okay, there's a clear spot on the map to go and do this thing. That makes sense. Yeah, but I was. Yeah. It took me a little bit longer than I'd like to admit because I have not played this game since I was a child, and I don't think I ever beat the game as a child because, remember, I didn't read. <laughs> if you're watching the video, I'm using Chaos Breaker, and it casts Frost Level 2, which is going to hit up to five enemies there. And so, x you're talking about keeping your, your unit back and just protected, and what's great about Chaos Breaker is you can do that. You can still attack with your Yeah, that was unit. some mad range yeah. on that Frost. You still get to get the XP. It is so good. Chaos Breaker. Actually, this is the very first playthrough that I realized that you could do that with Chaos Breaker, and it really changes yeah. the game. I assume that mechanic's still in Shining Force 2 then? I, I'm i not sure. Like, with, with using weapons in battle? At least I'm going to try. Yeah. Probably. Probably, yeah. man, that is a game changer. Kind of wish I knew that. <laughs> <laughs> Again, there's so many little things about this game that I feel like every time I play it, I, I learn another one thing or two that changes mm-hmm. how I play. Now, we're on the second to last battle here. We are fighting Dark Soul himself. He's actually at the Dark Dragon. I cast Blaze 4, which is, is this massive, massive fireball damage. Each spell can have up to four ranks, and when you cast it, each rank costs more mana yep. so you can sort of like dial back the damage rank one mm-hmm. is always a single target rank two and rank three are always multi-targets and then rank four goes back to just single target so that is your like unit killer you're like yeah. i need to annihilate something quick uh, do you think dark soul should have just like attacked us at the start when he had the chance <laughs> he probably should have he just kind of holds back yeah and like uh it's like every one of these RPGs yeah. where they could have just like nipped this in the bud, but you know, yeah, they're like, eh, well, you know what? You're not worth my time. I'll let my minions. Yeah, attack you, you think after the second battle with your minions failing, you're like, okay, you know what? Let me just take care of this. This is <laughs> yeah. Let's not leave this one up to chance. I'd like to see that game and just like the player get decimated and like there's that's the ending. That's the ending of the game. You don't win. <laughs> when you go to Dark Soul, his life is question mark question mark. Yes, I, I think that was awesome. But that just means that it's more than 100. Once you get it below 100, it will then tell you how much damage you have. I think it would have been cool if it was just question mark, question mark the whole time. You're like, I'm just pumping out damage as much as I could. Seeing yeah. what happens. Yeah. yeah. They just couldn't fit 100 on the screen is what it was. And they're like, <laughs> how can we make this look cool? So this is the very last fight against Dark Dragon. I want to hear what your what your strategy. Actually, someone set up the scene, and then I'd like to hear the strategy, how you cleared it. Well, we, the scene we got in front of us here is um, honestly, I think one of the coolest like visual parts of this game where you've got this absolutely terrifying, monstrous three headed like skeletal dragon. And it just looks like it just instills fear in you all the way through. And it's just absolutely like horrifying. Yeah. It's one of those things where in a Genesis game, you don't really expect anything to like really shake you. But, like, this thing is actually really scary. Yeah. Um, and on the left and right are two pedestals that spawn enemies. But I believe if you stand on them, they actually don't respawn. Because at one point... That is true. But I'm pretty sure that's an activation for the 
the the head to actually do a single target attack on you, oh. and it just it is crushing how much damage it will do. I guess I got lucky. Oh. <laughs> yeah, it'll do... So an average character might at this point have like 40 health, mm-hmm. and I think that that attack will do something like 35. So it'll it'll almost kill you if you just stand there. Yeah. So, but yeah, put put your strong units on that hole so they won't respawn and let them just kind of soak that damage. Yeah. But yeah, I I definitely attacked the the right side first for whatever reason and was able to take that down, and then the left side. Um, I kept a lot of units back in case. I had to do healing or anything because this is where I did actually use some of the the items finally because I'm like it's the last battle might as well use them and I I got yeah through pretty quick luckily what's sort of funny about this fight is one of the things I tried out to see if it would work is uh so you get to dark dragon and you're like oh I want to heal up because actually after you finish the fight previous mm-hmm. you're still like any units that died are out yeah. they're not coming back for the third fight or the next fight. So I was like, I'm going to egress and go back and heal everyone. And I come back and they make you redo the fight, the second fight again. Uh, oh, you got to redo both. I mean, that's fair. Yeah. It makes enough sense with how it like plays out. Yeah. I did like that in between battles and like when there was multiple battles, typically you would get healed up. Um, uh-huh. That was a nice yep. little like, that's fair. Yeah. Now, once Dark Dragon is down, they'd say, hey, uh, Max, go go kill him with your Chaos Breaker, and you you put the Chaos Breaker, you, you stab the, the dragon with the Chaos Breaker, and it's like it's locked in. You can't let go of the sword, and the sword is stuck in the dragon. And then the the whole uh, castle starts shaking and crumbling. And with your last uh, effort, you egress the rest of your party, but unfortunately, you're not able to make it out, and so. The castle goes down, and presumably you're still in it. Yeah. What a martyr, man. What a guy. Yeah. Kind of sad. It is. It is. It's 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 one of those games where where your your character like no matter what you did like you yep. you're like oh no he's dead or he's gone and mm-hmm. I think this was the first game I can remember now where like yeah that happens you you won but at the sacrifice of yourself. I kind of like that ending too because it's. It's like most RPGs will bring the really like traditional and cop out like, oh, but with, you know, with our friendship power, we were able to with our strong bonds, we were able to save them. It's like, no, you know what? That's just how we're finishing it. Yeah. Yeah. And so, it you know, you see some final moments with the party and then it cuts back to the very beginning of the the woman there with the book who was telling you the story. And he just kind of says, hey, and that's how what happened. But she kind of leaves a little bit of um, a little hint. It's like, hey, that's that's what people think happened. But we all know what really happened, right? Yeah. And so you get the idea like, oh, the, okay. So everything that, that just happened was being read to me by this woman. And so presumably, I think she kind of hints that she's reading the story to Max. Yeah, that's right? what I was thinking as well. Yeah. Yeah. And at, then they cut to the credits, but I've kind of cut that part out for the video, and we'll see the credits at the end. It cuts to this closing scene, and there's this farmer who's talking to this robot, and it's like, hey, uh, fancy seeing you around here. You really came here from a long way away. Like, what are you doing? And so you think this farmer's talking to this robot, right? Mm-hmm. But the camera kind of pans to the right, and it shows the back it's clearly Max yeah. because you see you see the back. He's got the the traditional hero garb there, and the farmer's like, "Hey, why you should just settle on down here and live the rest of your days here." <laughs> and Max is like, "That's I, I that's certainly what I could 
with you. <laughs> I, and, you know, it's like, I think that's really cool because it's like a very traditional story of, of whether it be the Romans or um, armed forces, they go out into battle and then they come back and they retire as a farmer, right? Yeah. That, that's a very traditional ending there. And he kind of, Max turns around and looks at you and... Love that ending scene. Turns around and gives it like a nice little look right at the camera. And he's like, you can call me and then just blank. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it was a nice like, just, just in case you didn't get it. Let's yeah. Let's just give it to him. But yeah, like, and I think this ending, as I mentioned earlier, like, it's very much ties back to that whole amnesia thing that was cut from the U.S. version. Yeah. Because it sounds like you know you made it to this town and you start you change your life and then this 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 person's reading this story to you to tell you like what you've done, what your sacrifice was. But it's it's it was a really cool way to wrap it up. And I think losing that beginning kind of ruined it for this version. So. Knowing it now, though, I'm, I'm excited. Makes it better. So uh, closing thoughts. Did you guys enjoy your time here? Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I had a lot of fun playing the game. There's definitely some frustrations of the gameplay in the 90s um, that this had. And, like, I remember liking Shining Force 2 a lot more. But I think it's a lot of the things that I had problems with in this game in terms of, you know, equipping things and item management and stuff like that are still present in the next version. But overall, like, the game's fun. The story, it's your typical save the world, there's an evil guy, you need this special sword. But the stories in between that, the politicalness of it, playing that side of things and going to the towns um, and having towns kind of grow and change because um, we had the dynamic, the very first town, you know, we, we left it and we came back and it's all destroyed. Oh, right. Yeah. So we had a lot of that throughout the game and it was really kind of cool. I think it was like one of the first times you see this in a game of this time. So it's definitely a classic and it, it I'm, I'm glad to finally have been able to sit down and play it all the way through and kind of get an understanding of what they were going for back then. But yeah, it was great. It was a fun time. It was a perfect game to the start of this because I think we all had some connection to this game in some way. And so it was, it was good yeah. to, to find that and, and do this. Xwater, how about you? Any closing thoughts? Yeah, I think what I really, really like about this game, I mean, the things that, that Jaku mentioned are all really great, like the evolving towns and everything. But when it comes to the cast of characters, I think that's also where it really shines, where... <laughs> see what I did there? Shut up. Um... Right. Uh, but no, like you have so many choices between characters and while like there isn't, you know, a huge difference between a warrior or a swordsman and there's all these other classes. It's just I love how many different types like you got the gyrocopter dude, you got a ninja, you got a samurai, you got warriors, you got archers, you got mages, you got a little tentacle little with the hamsters. <laughs> You've got yeah. so many different units that you can interact with and play with. And that's just so 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 much more detail than i would expect from like this kind of game right and that i think that's like a huge part of its charm is just how wide the cast of characters is yeah i i would have liked to have seen more variety between the characters interactions and like yeah. having a whole different branching path of things with different characters interacting but i understand for the time that was probably insane to think about but it's it, it set the groundwork to have that sort of thing and just the yeah. cast of characters was amazing. So overall, I think for its time, it definitely like really made a big splash and laid a strong foundation for like quality tactical RPGs. Cause mm -hmm. the, there's so much that it did so, so well. I think the only parts that it really kind of falls flat is just in the strict mechanics itself. Mm -hmm. um, I know what kind of frustrated me about the battles was like 
not knowing who's going next, yeah. who's going to go where. It's always a mystery. Um, sometimes, like, you know, Luke's going to go two times within five units. Sometimes he's going to wait there for, like, three days. And it's just like, I don't really, you know, it makes it harder to plan it out. But Although I, I got to say, when you've mispositioned a unit and you're like, oh, I just need this one unit to go, there's always that nerve-wracking moment of when the right. cursor starts moving towards the unit. Like, oh, is it going to get an enemy or the one I win? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us on on this amazing um, game. So we got a couple wrap-up things here um, before we sign off for good. So again, a uh, big shout-out to all of our Patreon supporters for this episode. Uh, you know, we'd love to see you all in the Discord hanging out with us. Uh, I think this game in particular had a lot of chatter, so it was really fun to see uh, everyone's experiences. I think we got some new people that had not played this game before, so it was fun to give them kind of subtle clues there. The other thing to, to remember is that if you do support us on Patreon, uh, we are giving out a Christmas card. Uh, sorry, it's a holiday card, actually, where Lobos and I did a quick little photo shoot. Uh, it's very retro-inspired. I love it. And they're signed, and we're going to be sending those out to uh, people that are our supporters on Patreon. So any tier will get you that. Head on over to patreon.com slash Saturday Morning Gaming Show to learn more on that. The other thing I wanted to talk about, we have a special holiday podcast coming up. And we're looking for people to send in audio clip of one to two minutes of one of their favorite gaming memories. And those will be included on a future episode. So I'd really love to hear if you've got something that you are real fond of for Christmas or any other holiday um, that's gaming related please shoot on over a an audio recording, I'll upload that to SoundCloud, and shoot that over to either Saturday Morning Gaming Show at gmail.com or on the Twitter at Saturday M Gaming. Now, I also wanted to talk a little bit about the Hall of Heroes for Shining Force. So the Hall of Heroes is a chance for you to flex your gamer cred. All you need to do to join is beat the game of the week. And once you beat it, just send in a screenshot of the credit screen with your name somewhere nearby and you'll be uh, awarded some points and uh, you'll be included in our Hall of Heroes. And so we actually have our Hall of Heroes. I'm going to go over real quick just to congratulate those people that did manage to beat Shining Force. This was a long game, right, Jakku, X-Water? Yeah. How long did it take you to beat? I So because I had the fast forward between battles and stuff um i was able to complete it basically on two plane rides about eight hours each so 16 hours or less yeah probably somewhere in that range i will say i very liberally used the fast forward to you know speed through like um like combat scenes and stuff like that and uh, i also shamefully enough used the rewind when i needed to if i put max in the wrong spot you know i was like all right max maybe maybe that spot's gonna get you maybe you're supposed to be down over here instead yeah maybe maybe we take you and put you three squares away from the enemy instead and so yeah like the the little benefits out of the genesis pack on the nintendo switch definitely gave us uh gave me the ability to speed up that playing a little bit it's it's a long game. She's hard. She's hard to get through in a in a short enough time. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're glad you you guys managed to finish it, and we're also glad these other two individuals managed to finish it. The very first one, I believe, this is a brand new entrance to the Hall of Heroes. We have Mickey Mole. Congratulations. Woo! Sent in a message that said completed Shining Force. So we have them up on the screen. Awesome. Congratulations on that. And the next one, of course, we've got Game Steiner, still here. Representing the top of the leaderboards, <laughs> Gaming Signer says, 
That was a tough one, but absolutely one of my favorite tactics experiences. That's Loved awesome. every second of this wonderful classic. So thanks cool. so much, both of you. And then, of course, let's take a look at the leaderboards just to see where everyone stands. Again, this is only episode two, so we have many more episodes for people to jump in on those leaderboards and make their mark. Starting from the bottom, we have number three, which is the Joyful Dragon with 10 points. Number two is Mickey Mole, a big 20 points for completing Shining Force. And of course, Gaming Signer number one with 30 points. So if you want to get on here, there's plenty of space. All you got to do is beat the next game. And with that, I want to talk a little bit about what that next game is. So X-Water and Jakku, when you think holiday movies... What movies do you think about when you're home alone? Die Hard. <laughs> Die Hard. <laughs> Apparently, uh, let's let's go with Batman Returns. People have been yeah, people have been using that one or, on or, lately. Or or maybe on the nose of Home Alone. Home Alone. <laughs> How did you know? We're gonna be checking out Home Alone. For actually, we're gonna play it both on the Super Nintendo and the Sega Genesis because they're both pretty short. The Super Nintendo one, there's actually two modes. Um, but even the longest mode, expert mode, only takes 40 minutes to complete. And we have an hour episode, so we're going to uh, devote 30 minutes to each. And that will be with Lobos and I. We're going to do a little special holiday episode with Home Alone. So please, if you're interested, each game that you complete will award you five points. So you can have a total of 10 points for completing uh, the Sega Genesis version of Home Alone and the Super Nintendo version of Home Alone. X-Water, Jakku, either you played Home Alone before? I have, and I think the Genesis one is better. Yep, Genesis is actually pretty cool. Yeah, it's it's yeah. different. if Because there was Home Alone on the Game Boy and on the NES as well. And if you played those, the Super Nintendo one plays very similar to that. But the Genesis one was different. It had you going from house to house, and it was kind of cool. Yeah, setting up traps. Yeah. Lots of cool stuff. It was definitely a different experience. I, I always loved when... The, the games were both on Genesis and Super Nintendo, and they were different. There was a lot yeah. of those back in the day. Cause, yeah, there was a lot of those. Yeah. So I'm excited to listen and watch that episode. So a special thanks to Jakku and Xwater for joining us for this episode. Jakku, uh, what are you up to this week? Uh, this week, I am just going to try to take it easy. Uh, I've had a lot of travel nice. the last three weeks or so. I was in sweden i was in toronto i was in memphis i was in alabama i was all over the place so i'm gonna try to stay in chicago and just kind of relax and get back on a normal time uh schedule and sleep schedule and things like that but um as always i'm gonna be checking out all the greatest news and gaming well i know you certainly tweet about that and you've got a podcast dedicated to that right yeah yeah uh i i along with x water and grand Pooh bear we have the warp world podcast that airs every monday Awesome, awesome. And it's just called Warp World, right? Warp World Podcast. Warp World is uh, the company and software for Super Mario Maker Q software as well. So there's there's a lot there that's under the Warp World name, but Warp World Podcast. It's the Warp World Podcast Podcast. How about you, X-Water? What are you up to this week? Uh, obviously going to be on the Warp World Podcast with Jakku as per usual, but um, other than that, taking it kind of easy during the holiday season, I am... Um, conveniently enough, starting my first playthrough of another, like, really loved retro game that I've never fully beaten. And on Monday, I'm beginning Chrono Trigger, so I'm pretty stoked about that. What? That's such a great game. Yeah, I'm really excited. I played, I think, like, 
maybe five, ten hours into the DS remake back in the day, yep. but I never... That was pretty good. Yeah, I never finished it off, so I'm going to go through um, hoping for... I know it's got like 13 endings or something, so I'm hoping yeah. to <laughs> get one of the good ones. <laughs> yeah, see how it plays All out. Right, well, enjoy that, and, and we'd love to hear what you think about that in the future. Definitely. Well, sadly, we have reached the end credits of this episode, and we wanted to uh, thank everyone for watching us on Twitch. That's twitch.com slash Saturday Morning Gaming Show, or for listening to us on the podcast. If you want to check out the show live, we air every other, generally every other Saturday at 9.30 a.m. Central U.S. time. And, of course, the podcast is uh, released um, the following Sunday. So make sure to you know follow and subscribe on the podcast. It will be delivered to you instantly, and you'll have all that retro gaming goodness ready for your driving to work on Monday. Of course, if you have any feedback, we would love to hear from you. You can shoot us an email at SaturdayMorningGamingShow at gmail.com, or you can follow us on Twitter at SaturdayMGaming. All the links we have are posted there, so if you ever want to know, like, hey, where's that Discord or, or where's that Patreon, just head on over to uh, Twitter. wanted to give a special shout-out on over to Technoax for much of the music during this episode. For Saturday Morning Gaming, I'm Jakku. I'm Xwater. And I'm the Fat Wizard. We'll see you December 21st for a special Christmas episode of Home Alone.